Today on episode number 495, if you haven't heard, there's a guy out there charging $57 for an interview. What? If you haven't heard, there's a company out there saying, hey, just give me your feed. And you went, what? Well, today I've got their side of the story and you'll be amazed. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your personal podcast consultant, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I'm so happy that you are here. Happy New Year. Here's the deal. We talk about all things podcasting, from planning to promoting and all points in between. I help you massage your message. I help you face your fears. I help you flatten that learning curve. I help you tackle the technology. I help you get you on the road to pain free podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and you will save on your first month at the schoolofpodcasting.com. If you'd like to contact me, find me at schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And today we've got two different stories, and it's about technology in podcasting. And I'm going to explain some things, and I'm going to give some advice to especially companies that want to deal with podcasters. I recently saw a video from a company called Glycast, that's G-L-Y-C-A-S-T, and in it, the person in the video said, this is how it works. You give us your podcast feed, and we give you a new one to distribute to your audience. Now, in the past, I've seen other companies do this. If we go back to Podshow, going way back, back in the day, uh, I, I actually had a, a number of podcasts on Podshow, and they took your RSS feed. Now, if you're new to podcasting, let's use the radio analogy. This would be like a radio station giving somebody else control of the transmitter, meaning you can put whatever you want over the airwaves. Just go ahead. We trust you. And this is not something you want to do because you don't want some you know, cigarette commercial or beer commercial going out over your, you know, what would Jesus do podcast or whatever. So not a good idea to just give somebody my feed. So I could tell when I saw the video that this person was more of a listener than an actual podcaster. And I didn't think this person was out to scam anybody, but I could just see that there was a huge chance for people to get their RSS feed kind of hijacked and where they would lose control over it especially if Glycast went out of business. Now, I know you're like, Dave, that's not really nice to say they're going to, well, I got two words for you, Podango, Podshow. Uh, there's a bunch of different companies, audiometric.io. They didn't go out of business. They got purchased, but I lost that service. So I've got a video out. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 495, which explains this whole process and how you want to keep people away. You don't want anything between you and your audience. And if you do, you want to have complete control to get rid of it and not lose anything. So my first reaction was to tell everyone that the house was on fire, right? So I went around and said, whoa, 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 be careful, be careful. The house is on fire. And I tried to make sure everybody was avoiding the fire. And then my second reaction was to email the company and get their side of the story. And so I did And I'm completely blown away by their response. Check this out. It says, so I email them. I'm like, hey, you might kind of be asking for a lot here that you may not realize that when you say, give me my feed, you're asking for a lot. 
So the response is, my name is Jose Pablo Fernandez. I live in London. I started coding when I was seven years old. Think about that one a second. You know, most kids playing with G.I. Joe, maybe a little video games, right? No, no. Jose's chilling out coding at age seven. I also started my first business around that time. I worked for, you ready? Google for some years, uh, some years ago. Uh, For the past four years, I've been writing a startup I co-founded. I was the first CTO and then CEO. It's called Carousel Apps. The company is launching Glycast. I co-founded Hero Blog, a podcast and related product some years ago, and we got selected and um, Seed Camp Paris, um, we were finalists. In my video for investors, I talk more about my background and I have a link to this out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 495. He says, we have the core tech for Glycast, but not everything. So we build whatever is required for both parties um, to be happy. We want both parties to be happy. So if you're not and you do want to leave us, we don't want to stop you. If you require setting up a redirect of your feed to another system, we'll implement that feature and everybody will have it. I'm thinking of actually recommending people using FeedBurner so as to have a setup where it would be your RSS feed, which goes to Glycast, and then you put that Glycast as the source in FeedBurner and give FeedBurner to your audience. Now, if you're a regular listener of the show, I'm not a huge FeedBurner fan, mainly, and here's an example. I'm making a course right now on how to leave FeedBurner, and one of my shows, Weekly Web Tools, is still using FeedBurner. I'm like, great, I'll use them to make the the course. And I went over, and sure enough, uh, FeedBurner had not updated in a month. Why? Because it's FeedBurner. So I get that, and he's got a point there, because then all you would have to do is, in the event Glycast goes out of business or you don't want to use them anymore, you're not happy with them, all you have to do is go into FeedBurner and say, hey, don't look at my Glycast feed, look at my main RSS feed, and everybody else is looking at FeedBurner. FeedBurner gets updated, no harm, no foul. That's one of the key ingredients why we loved FeedBurner back in the day, back in like 2006. It's just, you have to be careful with FeedBurner. There are some parts you really don't want to use. And like I said, it just stalls every now and then. So it's not my favorite uh, solution. But let's go back to the... Um, the email. Jose says, depending on what systems people are using, we may also develop plugins. For example, we can have a WordPress plugin that makes it look like you were like if it was um, serving from Glycast with the ads, but on your feed, um, it, would, it would look like it was coming from you. So basically, almost like a feed burner thing, only a, a, a plugin for that. And he said, I asked him about like, what kind of sponsors do you have? Um, he says, I'd love to implement something where people could pick what ads. He says, it'll probably be something like this. So again, he's open to suggestions. If you don't approve any ads, then all ads are approved. If you approve enough ads to take care of your inventory, then only those ads will appear. So that one, I'm a little, little squirrely on. He says, if there aren't enough ads, we'll send an email with an alert. Those ads pay for our hosting and bandwidth. So we can't run without ads for long periods of time but I don't want any podcaster to ever be unhappy about the ads they are getting. So I get that. But again, it makes me worried because we've seen other people do this. And the one thing that's always missing is the actual um, advertiser. I mean, when I was using audiometric.io, kicking the tires over there, they didn't have any. They had one advertiser. I think he stuck around for the better part of a month and then uh, left. 
And so you need a sales force to get ads, uh, advertisers on board. You need, um, well, that's just, that's a whole nother story. And that's why I, I like this idea because right now, if you want dynamic ads inserted, the only place to go, unless you're ESPN, is Libsyn Pro. And that's just not affordable for the average podcaster. So I know somebody's going to come along with a tool for us to do this eventually. So, and I asked him, like, what's what's the CPM you're going for? Is this CPM? What's the deal? And he says, the market will define this over time. I will look at the current expenditure in podcasts, but since our model is quite different, it doesn't really apply. When you buy ads in a podcast a day, you're more likely buying that spot forever because it's host read and it's in there. It's in the file. He says, but with Glycast, the spots keep passing around from advertiser to advertiser over time. Eventually, I think we'll have a bidding system similar to Google AdSense so that pricing adjusts over time automatically. Interesting, creative, and I like it. So what he's saying here is, let's say you have one advertiser and it's the school of podcasting and you do that for a couple months and maybe I quit advertising. Okay, great. Well, now you get a new sponsor for HostGator or whatever. It will inject, it will replace my ad with a new ad in all your files. That's what's kind of cool about that. Now, um, in my video, I explained how this could really be a bad idea. And he says, I'm not here to harm anyone. I'm here to make a product to help podcasters and advertisers connect and basically be more efficient. I'm building whatever podcasters will need to be happy. Um, I understand your worry. This is the cool part. I understand your worry and your desire to warn your audience that might not understand RSS distribution and make a bad decision now that will cost them a chunk of their audience later on. That's the coolest line in this email because he's acknowledging my fear. And I acknowledge that he's not trying to hurt anybody. He says, that's not something I want to do. And I would be happy with any company. Hold, I wouldn't be happy with any company holding an audience hostage like that. Very cool. So he gets my point. Nice. I do want to work with you and other podcasters to make sure I meet your needs of an excellent platform that will help you monetize your podcast, whatever size it is, whatever your topic is, and focus on your craft, on what you love, on podcasting. So again, great intentions here. And I said, I kind of knew when I saw his video, this is more of a podcast listener. I don't think he was out to trying to screw anybody. I was just like, whoa, do you realize what you're asking? He says, I'm an avid podcast listener. I consume more than 20 hours per week. And every time somebody announces they're going off the air because they need to focus on other things to pay the bills, he says, it makes me sad. And whenever I look at my feed and I see all the podcasts that silently stop putting out updates, it makes me even sadder. If the problem is funding, I want to help. So, Jose, thank you so much for that. And it's interesting because there are people doing this. There's another service, cast.market. That's the website, cast.market. So it's not a cast.market.com. It's cast.market. And you could go over there, put your show on there, and, and you get to pick what ads. Um, you, you get to say, here's what I will take. Now, it's it's CPM. And if you've never heard that before, it means cost per thousand downloads. And so depending on who you talk to, anywhere from $15 to 25, some people are saying 40, but it's for the small audience, that particular strategy doesn't work. Because even if I say $20 CPM, you know, at the end of the month, I'm going to get $20. And if you're trying to do this for a living, that doesn't work. And that's where you get into uh, like Glenn, the geek from horse radio network.com doesn't do CPM. He does per episode. 
and he realizes his niche. Now, his is all about horse stuff, but um, and I have links to that out in the show notes if you want to go hear Glenn's show. So the one thing that amazed me about this was Jose has a phenomenal resume, and it's not on his website. And so I've come up with a list of things here, kind of an open letter to people making podcast-related stuff. So if you are a podcast-related company, here are some things to keep in mind. Number one, we've all worked really hard to build our, our audience. We have a lot of sweat equity in this. And the last thing we want to do is create something that will make our audience jump through hoops or damage the quality of our content. It is all about the content. I'm going to say that again. It is all about the content. And so I don't want to put some like Home Depot commercial in a teen mom podcast because I don't think a lot of teen moms are going to Home Depot. Now, I don't have anything against Home Depot. I recently moved. I live there now, (laughs) but I don't think teen moms are wanting to know about the new buzzsaw. So it's got to, you can't really damage the content. And that's why most people, it's weird. It sounds, you know, radio will pretty much take any commercial, not podcasters. We want to make sure it fits, which is actually good for advertisers because you're not advertising on some place that's not going to work. Number two, who are you? In the immortal words of the band, the who, 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 who are you? I want to know who you are and I want to know why I should do business with you. It's just a trust thing. I'm not just going to go throwing my podcast into somebody because you went to 99designs and got a really cool logo. I want to know where you are, number three, because this might affect support. If you're in Singapore and you're like 12 hours ahead of me and your support is nine to five, well, it turns out that's like two in the morning to seven in the morning, my time or something like that. So I want to know who you are and where you are. If you add anything to my process, I want the ability to leave your service with zero effect to my audience. So if this is an RSS thing, that's fine. But when I leave, if I choose to leave, then I need to be able to leave and not lose a thing. The other one, and this one drives me nuts. Please don't try to charge me $30 for something that takes five minutes. I wish I could remember the name of the company. There's a company now that they're all about making it easy to you basically, when you upload the file, it will add your ID3 tags, then upload it to your media server, whoever that may be. Well, number one, uh, Blueberry does that automatically. You can turn that on. They will add your ID3 tags. It's actually one of the things that makes Blueberry stand out that other companies don't have. The other thing is adding your ID3 tags, if you don't use Blueberry, takes all of about 45 seconds. And there's a company that was, it was like $20 a month. And I'm like, okay, do you think we're stupid? And that's the problem is brand new podcasters, they're not stupid, they're uninformed, and there's a difference. But here's the thing, keep this in mind, we all talk to each other. We are one big giant community, and uh, if you mess with one podcaster, you mess with the whole thing. And I just ask you a very common sense question, why would you want to upset somebody who has a microphone? It's really not a good idea. Number six, if you mess up, because look, you know, it'd be great if you were perfect, but I'm not perfect. How about you admit it, say you're sorry, and explain the steps you're going to take so that it doesn't happen again. Number seven, lastly, if you're designing a product for podcasters, here's a novel idea. 
because this is what I tell podcasters to do. If you're going to start a podcast, maybe go talk to your target audience and see what they want to hear. If you're designing a product for podcasters, maybe you want to talk to podcasters and see if we want it. It's a novel idea, but that's my open letter to future related podcast companies. You know, come talk to us a little bit and see if we want it. So I was, again, to kind of wrap this up, my first reaction, and I I don't think there was anything wrong with this, letting people know, hey, there's a potential, this could be a bad idea, right? I got to let people know there's a fire here. And if you don't watch it, you could get burned. And then number two, second thing, reach out to this company and go, look, I need your side of the story. Because there's a great book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And habit number five is seek first to understand, then be understood. And that was the cool thing. I Again, I liked about Jose's email. He understands my fear. And he's like, okay, cool. Let me see if I can put some things in place to eliminate, eliminate your fear. Eliminate. It's a new word. It's part alleviate and eliminate. So add that to the dictionary right next to emoji. So uh, speaking of getting the other side of the story. We've got two of these today. And if you haven't heard on Facebook, I saw this post where somebody was charging $57 to get interviewed. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. If, if a guest is coming on your show, they're bringing value to your show. You should, you should be paying them for coming on your show. Well, how can you charge somebody? That's crazy talk. And again, I, I told some folks, this isn't the norm. But here's the thing, just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. Now, there are times when you examine it and you go, no, no, that's wrong. But again, this requires getting somebody else's side of the story. Let's not just kick back and go, oh, you're, what are you, crazy? And so I reached out to this person and said, I'd like to have you come on my show. Well, he had heard me pop a cork about this on the Ask the Podcast Coach show. But that's why after that show, I'm like, you know what? I don't know this guy's side of the story. And I said, look, here's the deal. I'll be honest with you. I'm skeptical. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand this strategy because it was $57 to go on his show. But he would waive it if you then had him come on your show. But I, I said, look, let me, let me eliminate your fears. I'm not here to pin you to the wall. I want you to voice the reasons behind this strategy and maybe you'll change my mind right understand before being understood so joining me via skype uh is it is it i'm assuming it's just jenks right j-a-n-x yeah aaron jenks aaron jenks is an award-winning millennial thought-leading trendsetter and modernizer entrepreneur that my friend is one serious bumper sticker i love that uh he finishes 2015. That too, also. That's right. He uh, he finishes 2015 celebrating his trailblazing podcast, now entitled the Aaron Jenks Show. So, Aaron, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. I appreciate you inviting me on, man. It uh, always always want to talk about podcasting and and what I do, and also you know I got to clear my name, man. Got to clear your name, yeah. Um, if you're like, well, who's Aaron Jenks? We're gonna get to this in a minute. He's the fifty-seven dollar guy. That, that's what you've been termed, my friend. So we'll, we'll get to that. In my, that's my new tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I, we were talking earlier and I'm like, I'm, I hate when people do that to guests. They're like, well, introduce yourself. But 
Well, I'm an entrepreneur, have been for quite a while. Uh, like, I, like you said in the intro, I'm millennial. So I just turned 30 and I'm um, real depressed about that. What can I say? But on, to- on top of that, when I was 18, I began working as an errand boy for a Fortune 500 advertising branch company and did real well, worked my way up, became a record setter in the, in the company's history, youngest uh, executive in the company, blah, blah, blah. Then figured out, you know, hey, jobs suck. I hate having a job. <laughs> I hate working for people. I'm young. I'm arrogant. So I'm going to go out, do my own thing. My uncle was big into real estate investing, showed me the ropes, did that, made money in that, spent a lot of money, went totally broke, and uh, went into consulting after after the real estate crash and been doing pretty much consulting now uh, ever since with marketing and, and things like that. And consulting graduated into coaching and here I am now talking to you, man, after we started the podcast, you know, a couple months ago. Awesome. And I know you've you've gone through a couple different name changes. Was it ever called Social Spurs? Because I know your website is socialspurs.com. It was called Social Spurs. That was the first name. Okay. And then it changed to? Then it changed to War Ready. War Ready. Now it's, yeah. Now it's the Aaron Jank Show. Okay. So give it's us- It's going to stay that, man. You're going to see, David. <laughs> it's going to stay that. I promise you. But what's the what's the story behind the name changes? Social Spurs started off as a, a, a service that I did for other people as part of the coaching. They they didn't know you know how to do social media. They didn't know, so I had people you know that were helping me virtual assistants. So I said, well, I'm just going to have you know a company under that Social Spurs. You know, spur people on socially stuff like that. So I kept the name, and then it kind of turned into well. People kept telling me I needed to do a podcast. So I said, well, i just use this website. You know, it could kind of go, it's a little ambiguous. It could be anything because I go for the more ambiguous as opposed to the obvious. And so I did that. I started it. I had the idea. I did over 100 interviews. Now I'm up to around 300 interviews doing basically what you're doing right now. And then I said, you know, this is not me. I'm not being true to myself. I'm not, I'm, I don't sound like myself. This is not who I want to be. And I said, you know, screw this. I'm going to do it. What I teach my clients, which is the war of success mindset, and which comes down to being war ready. So I did that, and people kept on. You know, I kept on getting a lot of hate, David. I, I just got to be honest with you, man. It, it a lot of people would email me, but it wasn't our listeners. It was like industry people, and they were like, "Hey, man, you know, you're perpetuating war." It's like this is not even about that kind of war. It's about a war against poverty, a war against being average, a war against you know that kind of stuff. Wow. And uh, I was just I was just tired of the hate, man. I, I don't want to say that I gave in, but I don't want to I don't want people to to uh, totally dismiss what I'm doing and not give it a chance. So I said, look, let me just cut all the names and I'm just going to be about me. So if they want to attack it, then they can attack me and I can handle that. At least give me a chance, you know. Yeah. And I see your tagline is insights for winning the war of success, which is cool. Right. So, man, that's amazing that that one little word can just. You know, people see it and they lose their mind. And uh, yeah, and you know, for people who are millennials, who are who, which is you know my avatar, if you will, if you want to use that word, for people who listen to the show, they understand what war ready means because that's kind of a word we use. Like if you see a guy's got cool sneakers on, you say, "Oh man, you're looking war ready." Oh, that's a you know a war ready hat. Or you looking, you know, you got the, when, when the basketball team's getting ready to go out and play the game, they're like, "All right, we're war ready." It doesn't mean 
you know, jihadist or, or stuff like that. That's crazy. Well, one of the reasons I brought you on, and I was thinking about this today, because there have been times in history, now a lot of this is before my time, but like my grandma was born in 1899, and she explained to me one day that when cars would drive by, she was sitting out front, because she was around, like 1899, we were still horse and buggy, and she said when cars first drove by, they would scream shoe devil, because they thought cars were evil. Um, and I was thinking back other times where people were like, just like, whoa, you can't do that. And I was thinking of, uh, and this again was before my time, but when Bob Dylan switched from playing an acoustic guitar and he went electric, I guess the world just like lost their mind. Like yeah, Dylan went electric, my God, you can't do that. Right. Um, and then, you know, recently, uh, when John Lee Dumas decided to not only do a daily show, which at the time was like unheard of, although he wasn't the first to do a daily show, a daily show that interviewed entrepreneurs were like, right. oh, that guy's going to burn himself out so quickly. And we all underestimated the guy. And so next thing I know, I'm on Facebook and everybody's like, hey, have you heard about this guy? He's, he wants to charge people to interview them. And I, I, I'll be honest here. My first reaction was like, well, that's a bunch of crap. And I was like, well, wait, hold on a second. So because I thought about it, I'm like, well, wait a minute, maybe this will be the new thing. But so what inspired that idea? So my, my goal here is to, to hear your side of the story, because you, you may be doing something that later we go back and go, yeah, I remember right, man. Aaron Jenks was the first guy that started that. This may be a new trend. It may, might not, but uh, you're throwing it on the wall to see if it sticks. So what inspired this idea? Well, like I said, I, I even before I launched, I did a ton of interviews, like over 100. Mm -hmm. and, and, and through doing that, you get a lot of people who – don't show up to the appointment or they reschedule or they, you know, continually reschedule. And here I am and I'm a busy guy. I'm running a, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm running several different businesses as a, as an entrepreneur and, and a guy just doesn't show up. It, I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs because I'll book a whole day or a couple whole days just doing interviews. Right. And, and I said, you know, screw this. This is wasting my time, wasting my money. And so I said, well, I don't know what to do. I'll just live with it. Right. So then time goes on doing more interviews. And I, I said, well, here's another problem I had. When people are on the show, I ask, you know, hey, look, they just like, oh, sure, we'll share it. We'll put it on social media. Some do, some don't. OK. Right. Then I said, OK, in order to be on the show, I'm going to ask that you send out to your list, to your email list to be on the show. And, and the reason I, I, I did this, because there are so many, there's tons of podcasters, right? You talk about this all the time, but there's more of them than there are of us. That's, that's the first thing. I, I get inundated with the amount of people who want to be on the show every day I do. So I said, okay, well, then to weed them out, I'll just make the people who only the people who email their list be on. Now, this, the exception to that is if I invite somebody on. Right. So if I invite you on, then I'd, I want you to be on and I'm calling you out. But if you ask me to be on, then you only could be on if you mail your list. Otherwise, I just have somebody else on who will mail their list and, and you know, give the show some cross promotion. But here's what I found out. People will tell you that they'll do things and they won't do them. I mean, I already yeah. knew that. I already knew that. But that's what started to happen. They weren't emailing their list. And I said, well, what's the benefit here? Really, they're taking advantage of, of my audience. And, you know, let's be candid about this, right? There's only so many things you can talk to entrepreneurs about. They have different angles on stuff. So it's, it's not like most of the people, and I want to say this as sensitively as I can, 
are really bringing anything that unique to the table when I'm interviewing them. They're just there to use my audience to spread their deal, to plug their deal. Some of them are boring. Some of them aren't. You just don't, you don't, you don't ever know. And I, first I was doing a seven day a week thing. Then I went to five days a week. So you, I got to interview a lot of people, right? So then I said, okay, they're not interviewing their list. So I can't expect that. So what I'm going to do is if you want to be on the show, if you request to be on the show through a PR thing that we do, or whatever Larry puts out there, then there'll be a $57 deal to make sure that they don't miss their appointment. Because I was thinking, well, what's an amount of money that people care about, but they don't care about at the same time? And it depends on how much money you make in life. Obviously, if you're not making much money, then, you know, a dollar is a lot. But I've been there. Trust me. I've, you know, I've had problems. You know, I put 50 cents in gas at a time before, David. So I know what it's like to be broke. <laughs> but I wanted to pick an amount. If you're saying you're an entrepreneur that you don't really care about, it just in good faith, you're going to show up for the appointment. So because these people asked to be interviewed, some of them are really flaky. They don't they don't show up or they'll ask you to be interviewed and then they say, OK, come on. But they never even respond to the email. So to weed through all that, I told Larry, I said, put on the fifty seven dollars and let's see who bites for it. And some people get pissed off about it and they send send us emails and, you know, like lecturing us, which is all real strange to me. But some people, you know, several dozen people have paid it. And I'm not doing it to make money. Like the fifty-seven dollars really doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know, of having a certain amount of people pay. Of course, if you have thousands of people do it, it could add up. Right. So I did that, and uh, you know, I, I I listened to the episode where you popped the cork, and you were talking about me and what I did, and you know, where it says that if they will have me on their podcast, then I waive the fee. The reason that I did that was because let's get some. You know, if if you're not going to promote it to your list or if I don't know that you are and, yeah, you're a guest on the show, but, you know, I don't know if you're going to be good or not. You know, you got a website and I can't listen to everybody's podcast who said they've been on a podcast here. Listen to me on somebody else's podcast. So, look, let's benefit each other. I'll be on your show. You be on my show. And then we'll just benefit each other that way because I don't know if I'm going to be used or not just for the audience sake. And. Really, I'd like to take credit for this whole thing, David, being original, but I got the idea from somebody else and the somebody else, as you already mentioned. I'm going to say I, I'd heard – I think it was Jessica on She Podcast said that uh, that John Lee Dumas did this because oh. – talk about a guy that's getting undated to have people on a show. And I guess in a way it's kind of a, a like a cover charge to a certain extent or it's it's a way to separate the men from the boys. And I guess in theory – It is want- 700 bucks. Holy cow. So I, was <laughs> you know, on, I, got, I got the proof if you want me to send it to you. That's all right. I just know uh, I was lucky enough to be back. I was on a show many moons ago when it was free. So I got, I got in when the getting was good. So I heard he doesn't charge everybody this. Yeah. What, so it, if some people he charges to and some people he doesn't. Yeah. So you're just trying to, to maximize your time. What, you know. it, obviously, you don't have this exact fact. But if you were to guesstimate, like, how many – uh, interviews, like what percentage of people caused a, a, a hiccup? Of people who didn't show up? Yeah, didn't show up or they had to reschedule or whatever. Because I always tell people when they say I want to do an interview show, I'm like, the hardest part of that is not the tech. It's not the RSS feed. It's the scheduling. Uh, yeah. And the more people you have on your show, it, it really becomes a nightmare. I don't care if you're using schedule once or a point letter, all that stuff. It's like you said, and 
and people will cancel at the last minute. It's like, ugh. So, yeah, that happened a lot. Uh, I don't, you know, some days it would be, and I would try to do like 10 a day mm-hmm. uh, many times, and I would get like, you know, three. I had days where it would be freak things happen and where you'd get like five or six in a day. And, and, and yeah, it is. They're always at the last minute. It's like, hey, are you going to show up? And, you know, you send somebody a, a, a ping or you send them an email. Sometimes they don't ever respond. That's probably 50% of the time, David, that they won't ever respond even when they've missed the appointment. And after you've sent them the email, they just totally flake out. Wow. That's amazing. Strange. Yeah, it's bizarre. So instead of wait, my time, your time, everybody's time has a dollar amount on it. Right. So I said, look. I'm just going to charge a dollar amount. If you want to be on, you'll just consider it like an incidental cost of doing business. It's not for you to pay to get advertising, really. It's just like a, like consider it your gas money. I don't know. <laughs> it's just what I'll do. But if I want somebody on, and I'm pretty good at getting people on who, who we want to have on the, on the show, then they, they don't pay anything because I'm inviting them on. Now, I do have to say this, and I hope this is a platform that other people you know will spread this. I did have a person, because I hire a lot of virtual assistants. I've hired over 30. And this person was to send out to invite certain people onto the show. And she sent them the $57 thing, inviting people to be on the show. She's fired. We don't do that. That's rude, I think, if you invite someone to be on and then you try to charge them. So uh, we don't do that. However, if you request to be on through seeing us somewhere, then we do sometimes, uh, you know, if it's a, if it's a big name person, then, you know, if they're going to benefit the show, but mostly it's just to protect my time because I got a lot of stuff going on and I don't want to be sitting there like an idiot with some person who's, you know, I don't even know who they are, if they're going to be good or not. And then they, they, you know, cancel at the last minute and never show up ever. And this is why I want to have this conversation because when you say that, I'm like, Okay, that makes sense to me, at least. It's, yeah. it's like, and it's like you said, it, you didn't do this starting out. You did it after you got burned and burned and burned. Lots of burns, <laughs> lots of third degrees. Yeah, you're, you're a little crispy. And you're like, all right, uh, I got to do something because, like you said, your time's valuable. So uh, awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. How long have you been doing the podcast? Podcast, uh, two and a half months, two and a half, three months, something like that. Uh, but I seem feels like I've been doing a lot longer because I kind of went overkill and interviewed lots of people before I started. Yeah. Any lessons learned besides, you know, uh, the fact that if you like even tonight, you sent me a thing about a half hour before we're getting ready. Like, hey, just to confirm, you know, that would be tip number one. Confirm, confirm, confirm. Yeah, I always have Larry and I have schedule once, you know, Larry helps me confirm. Then I have schedule once that usually sends them a whole bunch of confirmations. And even with all that, guys, you know, people are going to cancel. But I tell you one thing, the lesson learned in this whole thing, which is you got to find your own voice. And when you're starting a podcast and it's hard to do, the only way you can really do it is through doing it. You think that you know what you're going to sound like before you start, but you really don't. It's not until you go out there and you, you start interviewing or talking or however, whatever your format is, and you do it, you practice, you'll find your own voice, be true to yourself and to your audience or whoever your, you know, your demographic is. And uh, I have a sign when I do my podcast, it's right in front of me. It says audience first, which is I do all this for them. 
and and whoever I have on the show or whoever I format it, or if they don't want to ask her a question or whatever, it's all for the audience. That's my loyalty, not to the person I'm interviewing, but to the audience. So find your own voice, be unique and be true to your audience. Very cool. And, um, and for anyone who hasn't heard your show yet, uh, tell us a little bit about it and what people can expect and where to find it. So, you know, you can go into iTunes, you can go to socialspurs.com. We, something screwy happened with it, but it'll be, uh, it'll be there, socialspurs.com. The show is the Aaron Jenks Show. And basically what it is is teaching you how to win the war of success. I think every day we all fight little battles, and it all comes up to being successful, you know, and, and the, the great war of success. And so what I talk about is winning those little battles in your life to make you successful. And I interview people. We ask them, you know, some, some candid questions that are pretty unique, like how big their list is, how much money they're making in terms of revenue. Some people don't want to answer. Like they do, I, I send them the list of stuff before they come on. And if they don't answer, I burn them. You know, if they come on, they try to play games like, hey, I don't want to say that. I say, well, what did you come on for? I told, I, t- I told you what, what I was going to ask you before. I guess you didn't read it. But I do that. I do motivational talks on the show. So just check it out. You might like it. You might not. But at least give it a shot. There you go. Well, Aaron, I, re- I really thought this was going to be much more uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're a comfortable guy, David. <laughs> I was like, oh, this could get awkward. I'm like. No, I totally see why you're doing what you're doing. I'm like, okay, I don't need to play devil's advocate or, or anything. So I uh, appreciate your time, man. Everybody go over to socialspurs.com. And uh, Aaron, uh, thanks so much. Thanks, David, for having me on. Let me uh, let me defend my side. And I appreciate you being the type of man who, who just doesn't uh, see one side. You want to get both sides. It shows you're, you're a unique guy and a smart guy. I try, man. I really do. So, <laughs> all right, my man. Well, have a good night. Thanks, David. So what do you think? I, To me, I was like, you know what? Uh, in the same way that when uh, I was talking with Andrew from photobizx.com and he said, look, I can't do a podcast for free. I have to start charging out of the gate. Time is money. And for some of us, it's a lot of money. For some of us, maybe not so much. But after hearing this, I went, okay, he's not doing it to everyone he, and, the, and the one person that did that, his assistant, got fired. So I kind of get where he's coming from. And uh, I would love your thoughts on this. I don't think he's just out charging people $57 for uh, an interview. But notice the one thing that is the big pain in the butt, especially if you're trying to do the old daily interview show, is the whole scheduling thing. And I use a company called Appointlet. You can find that at school up. Uh, schoolpodcasting.com slash appointlet or just go out to schoolpodcasting.com slash 495. I'll have links to all these. Um, I know a lot of people use Schedule Once. Appointlet is $14 a month. When I joined, it was $10 a month. Uh, they do have one thing that's unique. If you go up to their bigger plan for $27 a month, you can actually accept payments. Like people could buy your um, consulting and pay you right there for that. Uh, Schedule Once is $5 a month. If you want it to automatically accept the bookings, it's $10 a month. So $10 a month seems to be the thing. There is Calendly.com. Schedule once is scheduleonce.com. Calendly does have a fully functional free version, but you can only have one event type. So if you had like an hour-long interview, you could do that. For me, I need like 15-minute consulting, half-hour consulting, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And I... 
used Calendly a little while back, and I had some minor glitches with it, but that was a while ago. And I know some pretty uh, big-name people that are using Calendly. And so I might go back and give that another look because it's only $8 a month for their premium. Now, they don't let me charge people for that, and it's okay. I just send people an invoice uh, before the meeting and make sure it's paid. But those are some things that you can use to kind of take the headache out of the whole scheduling process because that is really one of the tough things, especially because when we're dealing with different time zones and things of that nature. And you want to, A, always confirm people are coming. And like we heard today, people will cancel at the last minute. It's just a part of the the thing. And that's where originally I was kind of like, eh, yeah, to me, I just kind of go, yeah, it happens. But if it was happening a lot, like apparently it was here, then I might want to make sure people have some skin in the game and that they don't just blow off my appointment. We'd love to hear your feedback on this. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, and I'd like to hear your input. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. In the news, if you haven't heard, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that Live 365 had come out with this tool that I was somewhat skeptical of. It was a little pricey, and I now understand why they were jacking up their price so much. Uh, They are almost out of business. Live 365 is an online streaming platform for typically music, but they were trying to break into the podcasting world, and in my opinion, just charged a whole bunch uh, more than they should have. And according to a website, um, basically Live 365 has laid off just about everyone and has left their offices. That does not sound good. So if you are a Live 365 customer, uh, you're probably well aware of this. If you've been thinking about starting a live streaming platform, I wouldn't use Live 365. Uh, I would use Abovecast. It's actually something I'm going to be playing with in the future. I'm not sure podcasting fits the live streaming platform because when you join a live stream, you start in the middle of a show. So what I've been doing, and I noticed that the average listener over there listens about four to five minutes, maybe. So I've been making little four to five minute snippets that then point people back to my website. There are people that listen to that, but uh, I'm going to be playing with that. I'll report back later. I actually plan on making a course for those that do want to start that, but that would be one thing I'd like to hear your input is this something you're interested in? Because I'm not sure I'm interested in it. I guess I am if there are listeners. And so I've actually got a, I've had a live station for some time and it's only $15 a month. So, and I get, you know, hundreds of, of listens there. Don't know if it ever, ever, ever actually drives any traffic to my website, but that was the big news that uh, Live 365, basically uh, somebody screamed iceberg and uh, yeah. If you're thinking of doing some one-on-one consulting or joining the School of Podcasting, well, listen to what Marcy Rosenbaum had to say about my services. But then when I sat down at my desk, I actually even bought a microphone called a Snowball, and I downloaded all the software. I realized I had no idea how to put it all together. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, here, here I was with all the pieces of the puzzle, and I didn't really know what the picture looked like. And fortunately, that's when I found you. Once you found me, how long did it take to get episode one up? Two to get weeks. your website up? Two weeks. Two weeks. It was really astounding. Uh, it was a combination of, you're a very good teacher. I'm a management consultant by training. 
And I understand that it's very easy to come in and take big money and do something for someone. And then you walk away. And if they want to do it again, they have to bring you back. I mean, that's 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 how the big boys make their money. You have a real knack of knowing when to step in and say, OK, here's what here's what I can do to get you started. And then say, and here's how you do it. And you, you show up on Skype and you take control of my computer. And I, oh, that's how you do it. And you accelerated my learning curve with a nice balance of doing some things for me as a technical producer, then showing me how to do it so that I could do it, and then giving me the feedback that I needed to create a, a production cycle that is now manageable. How did you feel when you listened to that first episode? I was so nervous before it actually played. And when I did, I was my breath was taken away because it just seemed so simple. So, and that's how I felt. I listened to this and I said, oh, it's a radio show. Oh, it, it's my radio show. It was really one of my great professional satisfactions. Well, my, my favorite line is when, because we kind of listened to it together, and I remember you saying, I didn't think I could do this. And then there you were coming through your own speakers, and you were like, wow, this that's okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I didn't just think I couldn't do this. <laughs> I knew that I, I couldn't do this. And I was just moving forward on the momentum of a wing and a prayer. And I think it was your confidence that I could do this that got us through the first episode. Now, I think I can do this. And uh, that's, a, that's a pretty exciting experience. And speaking of services, one of the things I do is if you're a person that just wants to record the content and you're looking for somebody to do all the editing and things of that nature, uh, that is something I don't publicize a lot. But it turns out, as I was looking at uh, my year in review, I do have a couple spots open. If you go to podcastmechanic.com, that's what I do my editing under. The first episode is free because I want to see what I'm working with. I want you to see what kind of quality you get. And once I'm done with that, uh, whatever you want done to your audio file, I will do that and say, okay, here's how much it would have cost you for this episode. And then we can figure out if this is something you want to do going forward. So if you're looking for a way to make podcasting easier, that is something that I'm now taking on clients for that uh, in the past, I haven't really publicized it because I had a bunch. Well, one person had a really, basically they, they lost their job, so they couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, and of course, the other arch nemesis, the other person had a baby and babies are the arch nemesis of podcasting. They take, they're so needy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all about them. Jeez, you and the feeding and the pooping and the wiping of the butt. So if that's something you're looking for, uh, I would love to help you out with that. As well as, of course, don't forget the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up at the theschoolofpodcasting.com. Next week, I was going to play that this week. We have an expert on just personal development, not so much the nuts and bolts of the technology, but we're going to talk about starting the year right and getting over some of the mental humps. And uh, that'll be in next week's show. If you missed last week's show, it was the My Favorite Podcast episode. So had a lot of good feedback on that. People were like, wow, that was a really cool show because you get to hear why people like their favorite podcast. And I had a couple of people say, man, I filled up my phone with a bunch of new subscriptions because this isn't the same old serial and you know, the Mark Marins and the Nerdists, it's a lot of 
great podcasts that you may not have ever heard of. So if you go to schoolpodcasting.com slash 494, that was last week's episode. And I'm always looking forward to hearing to what you want to talk about. And again, you can go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. So thanks so much for tuning in. And until next week, class is dismissed. Take care. God bless. I hope to see you on the inside. If you-